0: Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, good morning, Epiphany Church. King of glory, feel this place. As the worship team was singing that, I'm, I'm still... Uh, Worshipping as they were singing that I was praying that the Lord wouldn't just fill this place. But I I love that we serve a omnipresent God that is able to fill your homes, able to fill your bedrooms and wherever it is that you are right now. Pray that the Lord would fill you up. And one of the things I love about God filling us up is Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. We get joy when God comes around. We get joy when we get to experience who God is. And so I'm excited today to worship Jesus with you. It is Revelation chapter 5 verse uh, 13 that says to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb be blessing and glory and honor and might forever and ever. Make no mistake about it. We gather this morning to worship Jesus. This is not entertainment. This is not a production we gather so that Jesus' name can be glorified. All of you that are in this room, can we just lift up a praise in this room to Jesus? You you, you don't got to go crazy, but if you could just think on some things that God has done, if you could think back 2,000 years ago when he died on a cross for you, if you could just lift up a praise. Well, I'm excited to preach the word of God. That is my responsibility, and I take that responsibility, very serious. Won't you grab your Bibles and meet me in Romans chapter 13. Uh, we are finishing up a an entire chapter today. We've been in the book of Romans, it feels like, for two decades. Uh, but God has been meeting us and e- even how God orchestrates uh, the timing of each text. You know, last week we were talking about the Roman uh, government and believers interacting with the government and it's very timely for everything that is going on in, in at least here in the states if you're watching here in the states everything that's going on with our government and how do we fit in you know where do we where do we fit in as believers uh, but also this week is very very timely because Paul is talking about love and this is a this is a good week and a good weekend to talk about such uh, before I dig in I, I just want to quickly mention something that Gabe mentioned in our announcements and that is our covenant community class uh, that is our membership class. And we are um, really serious about seeing believers not just be isolated, not, not just be by themselves, but be a part of a community. So if you've been logged on and you've been checking out our church for some time and you've been going through the, going to the extra stuff that we have going on, whether that's Bible studies or women's events or men's events or whatever, whatever it is, if you would take that next step and join the church, that would be um, That that would be foundational for your spiritual growth. I think we don't realize how important the church is in our spiritual growth. If it wasn't important, God wouldn't have designed it to be so that you look at the New Testament. It's very abnormal for you to trust in Jesus and then not connect to a local body. So whatever local body body that is, I pray that you will connect. But I'm certainly looking for particularly men to join within the next covenant community class. We've had a, um, I don't know, an abundance of our young ladies commit to uh, community, and yet the men are just a little bit slower in that commitment so I just want to challenge and, and stir up and encourage all of you, uh, all of you brothers that are out there that are not a part of a local church that have been looking on and, and logging on. You should uh, come to our next covenant community class. It is a lot of information that we'll give you. I I do a live class and I'm able to a- answer questions and all those things. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we don't commit because we have a lot of questions that we haven't had the answers to them but I can, I promise you that the Bible gives a lot of answers to a lot of the questions that you have. So I'm looking for you, men. I'm looking for you young ladies. I am uh, looking for you. All right, let's get to it. Romans 13. I'm so grateful for our band and for our worship team. Thank you, Colin, for serving with us today. Verse eight says, Oh, no one, anything except to love each other for the one who loves has underlined this fulfilled the law it says for the commandments uh, the commandments you shall not commit or uh, commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet and any other commandment are summed up in this uh, word you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no wrong to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law there it is again Verse eleven. Besides this, you know the time that and the out. Uh, you know the time and the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone; the day is at hand. So then, let us cut off the work of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime not in orgies or drunkenness or sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I want to preach from the prophetess Mary J. Blodge, real love. Okay. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we, we really are in awe of you. We, we really are. We, we wouldn't have got up and got here and sang about you today if we weren't in awe of you. I wouldn't open up this Bible if I wasn't in awe of you. We wouldn't have got up those who are at home and logged on to church. Father, we could have scrolled and done anything else this morning, but we are here and we are here because we are in awe of you. Father, I pray for that one that has lost that awe, that one that started out strong and as the church at Sardis, somewhere along the line, begin to wither out. But Father, would you rekindle that fire today? I pray that the word of God would encourage our hearts today. Your word is full of truth. Numbers 23, 19, you were not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. And so we thank you for your commitment to truth telling. And we pray that today, oh God, that as we dig into your word, we would grow. We would grow because your word is true and your word is life and your word does spiritual surgery on us. It's in Christ's name we give all glory. Amen. Real love. Well, happy Valentine's Day to uh, all of you lovebirds out there. I want to give a special uh, boo love to my wife, Ty. We've, um, man, I met her at 19 and yeah, y'all can thank God for my wife. That's good. I met Ty when I was 19 years old. She was 18 years old. We met at a mutual friend's wedding, and um, man, as soon as I saw her, man, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to, I I don't believe in the, you know, the guys come up like, man, the Lord showed me, you're going to be my wife, but I really felt like I knew from the door. Uh, I got her number that day. It was a Saturday, and then that Monday I called her, you know, I had to wait 24 hours because I didn't want to look like I was, you know, all up on her, even though I was, uh, but I waited for that Monday to call her and then we went on our first date that Saturday We went to uh, Red Lobster. Y'all don't know nothing about the Admiral's Feast And uh, then took her to a movie. We saw Hollow Man And, you know, it didn't take us long to consistently start seeing each other It didn't take us long to start dating And I don't know if you ever noticed that when you first start dating somebody You are all in I mean, you are all in love. You are super intimate. You are super romantic. Y'all talk on the phone all night until one of y'all fall asleep or both of y'all fall asleep on the phone. Y'all used to text long paragraphs, but now you just send a heart emoji. Y'all used to go out to eat to nice little restaurants and, you know, you'd have the dessert ziplined in from the kitchen to your table. And now we just sit and we order Uber Eats and all of that stuff. But it's so interesting that, you know, if we're not careful that that same intimacy and that same love and that same drive can burn out. I've been married this year will make 19 years that we are married. Amen. And I'll put it all out there and be completely honest with you. The first few Valentine's Day, I was extremely romantic. I mean, we got the the, the cards and the box of chocolate and the flowers and the balloons, and then you get married and you'd be married for a while, and then you have kids, and then you have a, a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old, and somewhere along the line, I don't know, Valentine's Day just loses its all. It loses its uh, my, my ability to express my love. It's not that I don't love her anymore. It's that I don't show it the same way. What Paul is going to challenge us with today is not just in the context of marriage, but every relationship that you are blessed to have in your life, you should be expressive in how you show love. They just can't know you love them by you saying I love you, but they actually have to feel and see and know in a tangible way that you love them. So that's your relationship with your parents and Those of you who have brothers and sisters, that's your relationship with your siblings. That that is your relationship with your church community, your ghetto boss needs to know that you are full of love. Your your neighbor that doesn't know the Lord needs to know that you are full of love. And on this Valentine's Day, Paul is going to show us the importance of showing love, not just to our spouse, but really in two context relationships. Number one, to our neighbors. That's everybody. But number two, your love for God. And I'll go on record and say, you really love your neighbor well when you love God well. Let me, let me rewind that back. You love your neighbor well by when you love God well. And so my goal today, honestly, this is not that Valentine's Day sermon. It, 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 Stella's not going to get her groove back today. That, that's just, that's not this type of a, of a text, but I think what my goal is to make sure that every relationship that we have, the central part of that relationship is love. Can someone type in, like like Diddy would say, don't, don't put in the love, just put love into the, uh, into the chat rooms. Look at what Paul says here. He says in verse 8, owe no one anything, watch this, except to love each other. We are parachuting into verse eight right now, but, but honestly, you can't understand verse eight until you understood verse seven. Those of you who have been rocking with us through the book of Romans, we have been we started in Romans one. We're now in Romans 13, but last week we were in Romans 13, one through seven, and you can't understand verse eight unless you understand verse seven. Because last week in verse seven, he said, pay all what is owed to them. He says, taxes on whom taxes are owed and revenue to whom revenue is owed and He says, respect to whom respect is owed and honor to who honor is owed. And so basically last week he said, listen, if you owe taxes, pay them. If you owe revenue to somebody, pay it. He he says, if you owe respect to somebody, give it to them. If you owe honor to somebody, give it to them. And then he gets in verse eight. He says, wait, wait, wait. But there's one thing that you cannot pay off and that's loving somebody. He's like, all of the things are tangible. You can pay those off, but love is a debt that you can not pay off. And here's the reality. You're not supposed to pay it off. You should owe someone love. You should constantly be an outpouring, a conduit of God's love. There is no way to satisfy the limit to love. And many of us, unfortunately, we, we put a cap on how much we can love people. We put boundaries on how much we love people. But Paul says here today that there is no limit. There is always more love to give. There is always somebody else to love because love never stops. And what we do is we pull out a Christian calculator and we look at the relationships we're in. And depending on how good you are to me, I'll either add to that love or I'll subtract. And Paul says today, put away the, the Christian calendar. Now, the Christian calculator, because the reality is the only thing you need to do in your relationships is give more love because love never stops. And uh, I'll be honest, I'll put myself on blast here. Ronnie, I, I, am, I am guilty of loving people based on how they love me. I'm guilty of loving people based on what affections you have given to me and if you've done me wrong then I got to do you wrong but Paul doesn't say that today he he doesn't say in the text love people based on their relationship with you he he's like no nah, nah, I doesn't it doesn't matter you love people anyway because love is never supposed to be based on what you received love is always supposed to be an outpouring of the love that you got from Christ I don't know if you understand the difference between the two. Love cannot be based, uh, predicated on what somebody has done for you. It has to be predicated on what Jesus has done for you because Jesus loved me without conditions. I now can love you without conditions. Jesus loved me sacrificially. I now should be able to love you sacrificially. Jesus loved me not just with words but with action and so therefore I should be able to love you with words uh, with uh, with words and with action and so Jesus and his work on the cross is always the motivation to love other people can you just type that in the chat room Jesus motivation is why is why I love people it is the motivation that Jesus has given given me on the cross and so I want to love like Jesus and I know why you're not excited in this room, because maybe through the pandemic, we forgot how Jesus loved us. We we might have forgot, you know, the pandemic might have made us fizzle out from thinking about the love. And the greatest place that you'll see the love of Christ is at the cross of Christ, because it is at the cross of Jesus Christ that Jesus willingly went to a cross to satisfy the very wrath of God that stood against us. It it is on the cross of Jesus Christ where he shows us how much he loves us. And I am now accepted, unworthy, but accepted by a holy God, even though I'm not holy. I am accepted by a God that demands perfection, even though I am not perfect. I'm I'm accepted by a God that demands spotlessness, even though I got a few spots. And the reason I am accepted because Jesus loved me so much that he was willing to take on all of my sin and then give me his righteousness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend It is with great love in which he loved us that he made us alive together with Christ. Jesus loved the heck out of me. I know people struggle with the love of Christ. Jesus loves the heck out of you. I almost want to say the hell out of you because that would be theologically true as well. Jesus loves you. And I don't know who needs to hear that. But but I I can end the sermon right there and and simply just put it that way that Jesus loves you. You, When all else fails, when all your friends fail, your family, your, your parents, your, your spouse, Jesus loves you. Somebody's in the midst of a divorce right now and you are all messed up thinking about love. So Somebody is in the, in, the, in the midst of a bad breakup right now in a relationship and you are all messed up thinking about love. Here's the anchor for you. Jesus loves you. Amen. And when you give love that is motivated... By Christ, it stops you from having relationships where the people around you have to perform for your love. It is nothing more exhausting than the people around you performing for your love. It is nothing more exhausting than them having to put on tap shoes to tap dance for your love. Children do this with their relationship with their parents. They want their parents to be proud and they think they have to earn their parents love. And I can promise you, it is exhausting for your children, your your spouse. It is exhausting. It is unrealistic. It is unsustainable to make the people around you perform for your love. I love Jesus because he loves me without me entertaining for him. In fact, Jesus looked and saw that I didn't have tap shoes. Jesus looked down and saw that I had nothing to offer him in my performance I love the way Romans chapter 5 verse 8 will say, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love the way John 15 will say, a greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Thank you for loving me without boundaries, Jesus. And because Jesus loved me without boundaries, this text today that says, oh, no one anything except uh, to love each other. I now can live up to that because I have a model of perfect love. Unfortunately, we've been looking at the standard of perfect love at Red Table Talk. And we've been looking on podcasts for, for the perfect love. And we've been looking at uh, relationships in uh, the context of the spiritual world and, and, and these pastors. And, 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 and at the end of the day, the only perfect love that you'll see is at the cross. And so love today has no limit. And here's why it's important for you to understand that love should have no limit because the people around you honestly might be unlovable. In another relationship, they may not receive the same love that you give them. I'll, I'll put myself on blast. I'm not always lovable. Amen. Rob, you said amen too hard right there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not always the best person to receive your affections, but Paul says love them anyway. So the first thing that Paul does today, we're not going to be long. The first thing that Paul does today on this Valentine's Day weekend is help us to take off the boundaries yeah. It's help us to remove the limit and the the cap and the ceiling to the love and he says no no, no. keep loving people He says don't you, you you can owe somebody taxes, but you gotta pay them But when it comes to love you can keep paying and keep paying and keep paying and keep paying and, keep paying and you'll still be in debt yeah. And you should be Because we should always love people and so I don't know who needs to hear this There's a marriage that needs to hear this there's a single person right now that needs to hear this. There's somebody who has daddy dysfunction that needs to hear this. There's somebody that, that has been genuinely broken and hurt by a best friend that needs to hear this. There's somebody that ain't talked to family in months and you need to hear this, that you can love them. Why can you love them? Because Jesus loved you. Like, think of you, please. Like, like, I I, I want you to say, because I think in, in a weird way, we think. That we should have been loved by God. In a weird way, we we think that that we brought value to him. And so therefore he should have loved us. But the reality is you bring nothing to the table of salvation but sin. The only thing you bring is your brokenness. And Jesus like I love him anyway. So he is the motivation for our love. So look what he says here. He says no one owe no one anything except to love one another It says, for the one who loves another has, look at this, fulfilled the law. He says, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. First of all, y'all know how hard that is to do? You know why? Because I love me. Paul says, love somebody else like you love you. Let me just keep going. He says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, here it is again. Love is the fulfilling of the law. He says it two times in this passage in verse eight. He says it and then he says it again in verse nine, how love is the fulfillment of the law. And and if we're honest, I think many times we think the law and love are at odds with each other. Like we we think we either are going to deal with you through legalism. Are we going to deal with you through love? And Paul says they, they're, they're not they're, they're not uh, uh, at odds with each other. They're actually together. And here's how they're together. Love fulfills the law. It is love that the law is summed up the same law that you and I are condemned through. If we try to uphold the law, it is love on the cross that has fulfilled the law. And so what Paul does here is he says, love fulfills the law. And then he starts popping off all the Ten Commandments, but wait a second, he doesn't give us all ten. He actually only gives us four of the ten. The Ten Commandments are found in two places in the Old Testament. I hope y'all know y'all Bible today. The Ten Commandments are found in Exodus chapter 20 but they're also found in another place. In fact, I want to do a quick giveaway, just just a real quick one. The first person in the chat room on Facebook, and not in this room, and and not Pastor Timmy, uh, first person in Facebook, it just would look shady if Tracy filled it out. It's like she might have saw the notes or something like that. But the first person on Facebook and the first person on YouTube that can tell me where the second set of Ten Commandments, the complete set, So they are, yes, they are in Exodus 20, but they're found somewhere else. The first person that can tell me the second place that they are found. I actually got a gift for you this morning. Both, both places. There's there's two gifts that are going out in this service and in the next service. I I need to see who that is. I hope y'all don't be Googling it. You should know it by now. You should know it by now. Where is the second place that the 10 commandments are found? I'll keep going, but do me a favor. When it pops up, Lamik or or somebody that's in the chat room, just throw it up there. Throw the two people up there so I know who the winners are. Somebody said Leviticus. It's not Leviticus. I see somebody that said it on YouTube. They said Deuteronomy chapter 5. It is found in Deuteronomy chapter number 5. First of all, y'all took too long on this. Y'all should have been a lot quicker with this. See, Deuteronomy literally means a copy or repetition. And so what Deuteronomy is, it's not giving us a, 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 a another set. It's giving us a, a repeated, a repeat, a repetition, a uh, repetition. Uh, he's repeating, he's repeating the Ten Commandments and he's doing so because we're so prone to forget them. Yeah. We're so we're so prone to forget what God and, you know, the law never was given to us as a list that you had to keep to be accepted by God. That the law was actually given to show you that you can't keep them, and that is why we needed Jesus because Jesus kept all the laws perfectly where you failed. And then Jesus goes on the cross and he acts like you kept all the laws and gave you the hundred on the test. Why he took your zero on the test. And so, what Paul does today is Paul lists out 10 commandments, he leaves off six. Why do you do that, Paul? Why do you leave off six of the commandments? Uh, 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 do do you not know the commandments no, not so Paul is a beast in the scriptures he's theologically astute Paul understands he knows the Tanakh he knows the he knows the laws he, he he's a Hebrew of Hebrews he is a scholar as it comes to the law and so of course he knows them but why does he give us only four the reason he gives us four is because he gives us the four that are horizontal he gives us he leaves off the others that are not helpful in the context of relationship. I don't, I don't know if this makes sense. He, he does not give us uh, don't uh, have graven images. He does not say don't worship another God. He only does the horizontal ones. He says don't murder each other. Don't, don't steal from each other. Don't commit adultery. Don't don't covet and be jealous. Paul says uh, here that love fulfills the law as it relates to the ones that are in the context of relationship. And Jesus actually sums it up and does the same thing. Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, they come to him, the religious elite, and they try to stump him. They say, teacher, tell us what is the greatest commandment? He says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind and your soul. He says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. He says, but the second is like it. What is the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. Even Jesus doesn't give the 10 when he's asked. What does Jesus give? He gives two. The two he gives is love God and love people. Somebody in this room just say love God God. and love people. people. I need you to say it with your chest. Say love God God. and love love people. This is why I said to you that The way that I can love you best is when I am devoted to Jesus. I'm I'm telling you, you want me in my word. You, you, you want me praying. You want me to be spiritual disciplined. Listen, listen, there is not you're looking for the wrong things in a relationship. If you're looking for nice teeth, nice skin, tall, cute, like if you're looking for that stuff, you are missing it. Now, now I'm not saying that, that don't get the person get the person with no teeth. Like you he, you want him to have teeth. He should have teeth, but I'll say this. The first thing you want is a person that loves God. Because I promise you, if he loves God, he'll be able to love you. If she loves God, she'll be able to love you. And so Paul says today, how are you doing with love? He he, he says, don't, don't, don't deal with people through law and legalism and hold them to unrealistic standards. He says, here's what you do. You love them. Because the reality is, if I love them well, I won't murder them. If I love them well, I won't commit adultery with them. If I love them well, I won't steal from them and I won't be jealous of them. He goes on and he says, look, I'm, I'm talking about loving people. But but then he moves on and says, but you also have to love God. And here's how you do that. Verse 13. Let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies or in drunkenness or in sexual immorality or in sensuality or in quarreling or jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. He says, if you want to love God well, make no provision for your flesh. If you want to love God well, do not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's what Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says. He says, we should not gratify the desires of the flesh because the reality is this just gave us a little bit of a list. The flesh is messy. Your, 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 your body is messy. Your, your mind is messy." I don't care how long you've been walking with Jesus. None of us have graduated from our flesh. Your your flesh, you can't do nothing with it. But make it behave until Jesus comes back. He he says, don't get caught up in orgies and drunkenness. And this is what's in the flesh and sexual immorality and sensuality and quarreling and and jealousy. I love the fact that he that he um, um, differentiates between sexual immorality, the act of sin and sensuality deals with your thoughts. Because sometimes we think we good as long as, you know, I ain't having sex. I'm good. But you thought about it. You rehearsed it. You had it in your mind You, you, you brought back in the, you, Y'all know what I'm talking about By rehearsing Because see, see the, problem, the problem with us is We think we're good Because we haven't physically done it But we thought about the last time We did it two years ago And we rehearsed it over and over And over again He says listen Don't deal with sensuality today he says, don't deal with quarreling and don't deal with jealousy. Basically, he is telling you to deny your flesh. Loving God, loving your neighbor is a denying of your flesh. And some of us have too much confidence in our flesh. I'm going to just tell you, I don't trust me. I don't, maybe you trust you. Maybe you trust your flesh and you can just like interact in, in different uh, atmospheres. But there's just some places I just can't go. So some people I can't be around some conversations I just can't have some, so uh, some DMs I can't go into some text messages. I just can't answer some, some, some scrolling. I, I got to I, see. Sometimes you think you're blocking people because they get on your nerves. Sometimes you got to block people because you, you know, you, and you know, your flesh. And so he says here in, in verse number 13 and in verse number 14, he says, look, make no provision for your flesh. You know, there's a point where Paul talks about beating his flesh and making it behave. That, 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 that sounds like war against his flesh. There, there's two natures in you if you've trusted in Jesus. That there's the nature of Christ. But Adam's nature is still somewhere in there. Because what Jesus did on the cross was saved you from the penalty of sin. But he did not save you from the presence of sin. Don't you act like sin ain't all around you. Don't you act like sin isn't in you. In your heart dwells no good thing. In this flesh dwells nothing good. So what we need to do is we need to deny our flesh on this Valentine's Day. Many times we've made it about the little fat baby that's going to shoot you with an arrow. When in reality, Valentine's Day should be a reminder of how much God loved us. And because it reminded us of how much God loved us, it should then stir up in your heart the ability to love others. I ran past this and I don't have time to preach it. But in verse 11, he said in verse 11, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. See, the, the reason why you need to understand God's love it's because not, and I'm not talking cerebral, but I'm talking a heart giving it to God. The reason why we need to give it to God is because you need to understand today that he loves you. And because he loves you, you need to respond to him today. Well, why not tomorrow, Pastor B? Because the text just says salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. I'm going to help you out. Salvation is closer to you now. Like Jesus coming back is closer now than it was yesterday. I don't know when it is, but I I know I'm accurate in saying that Jesus coming back is closer now. How long we been on this live stream, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Jesus is an hour and 15 minutes closer now than when you first logged on to even the live stream. Today is the day that you need to give your life to the Lord. Do not hear about the love of Christ and walk away and do nothing with it. Do not hear about the sacrifice that he made for your sin and then walk away and do nothing with it. Many of you have logged on week after week and you don't know why you keep logging on. What is it about the church? They, they, they seem nice. They say I haven't met them. What is it? I can tell you what it is. Jesus is trying to fill the void that you've been looking for all your life. And, and, and here's what's so deep about it. Jesus can do it in one second. You, you don't got to earn it. You you like Remember I said you don't have to entertain for God? Like grace happens like that. Accepting Jesus happens like that. Now, yeah, spiritual growth is a journey. Growing spiritually, that takes time. I was talking to Tracy a couple of weeks ago, Trey and Jay, and we, we were talking about the spiritual journeys of different people. You know, there are some people that meet Jesus and you meet Jesus, you're on a six-lane highway, all green lights, and you're moving quick. Then there's some people that meet Jesus, and you're, you're on that bumpy, dark road, and you're going up Mount Everest, and it takes you some time, and both people may not arrive at the destination at the same time, but they arrive. Oh, that they arrive, and, and here's, the, here's the dangerous part. The, the real dangerous part is when the one that's on the six-lane highway looks at the one that's on the bumpy road and judges them for not getting there quicker. Oh, yeah. And so, so I'm not talking spiritual growth today. I'm talking spiritual death to spiritual life. There is somebody that does not know Jesus today. And you logged on. In fact, I got up at six o'clock this morning and I prayed for you. I prayed. Why, why, why did I pray for you? Because salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. It is nearer now than when you first woke up. And, and I simply want to pray. Today is the day. I feel like Shirley Caesar right there. Y'all remember that song, Today Is Your Day? Today is the day, today, for you to give your life to the Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love. You loved us, like us. Like, I'm messed up by that. That you looked down from heaven and decided to give love to unworthy people. To trifling people, to people that buck their fist up against the heavens. You decided to give love to people that did not love you back. But nevertheless, no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life. You didn't just tell us I love you, you didn't write I love you letters, but you went to a cross. And you proved to us how much you loved us. And so, Father, I want to pray for the one today that's logged on, that has never given their life to you. They've been seeking. I should say, you've been seeking them. And now they realize that they've been seeking. Because we can only give our life when we realize that you sought us first. That person that's been seeking, Lord, I pray that you would ransom their heart but go against their will. I know we don't like that. We don't like anything that goes against our will, but go against their will. I am glad that you went against my will because left up to me, I would have never chose you. But when you opened up my heart, when you removed the scales from my eyes, you gave me the ability to respond to you. And so father, that person today, I'm belaboring it because I know that there's somebody that does not know the Lord. I am not a naive pastor. Oh, 150 people that are logged on right now. They not they they're not all of them know the Lord. And so Father, I pray, oh God, that on this Valentine's Day, that you would do a work, that you would do a work in their heart. And I pray, oh God, that we would see we would see fruit from their salvation. Let me say it this way. I pray that thousands upon thousands of people would be saved because they realize the love of God today. Father, do a work that only you can do. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen.